So here's the big question. How are entrepreneurs like us, who have been hustling and struggling to make it to success, who seem to make it one step forward, only to fall two steps back, who are dedicated, determined, and driven, how do we finally break through and win? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Brian Kelly, and this is the Mind Body Business Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mind Body Business Show. We have an absolutely stellar show lined up for you tonight. As many of you know, we have the great Les Brown. He's coming on in just a few moments. Wow. The Mind Body Business Show, real quickly, this is a show for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And what we strive to do is bring on the most successful entrepreneurs we can on this show. Les Brown is about as high as you can get. So you're going to love this show. And we bring them on from all over the world. And the purpose of it is to help you if you are looking to improve your life, either in business or in personal life. And all you need to do is listen to amazing experts like Les and model what they do. There's no need to reinvent the wheel, just model, which is a fancy word for copy. And I know Les is all about wanting people to model his success. Uh, he trains about it. He's an amazing, amazing individual. And so the three pillars of success, mind being a, a powerful, flexible mindset, body, taking care of oneself nutritionally inside and out and working out, exercising and business. And that's multi, multifaceted, many skill sets. I'm not going to go into the details of that because I want to bring our guests on here real fast. The other really big pillar of success that successful people I have found in my studies that they do on a regular basis is they are avid readers. And so very quickly, I want to segue into a quick segment I affectionately call bookmarks. Bookmarks. Born to read. Bookmarks. Ready. Steady. Read. Bookmarks. Brought to you by ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. Yes, there you see. ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. And by the way, just take notes. Stay with us. Stay on the show. You do not want to miss Les Brown. He's coming on in two minutes, I promise you. Real quick, ReachYourPeakLibrary.com. I put that site together. had it built for you. I had you in mind because I was not an avid reader until my mid 40s. I am now 55. And I learned quickly what incredible power there was in books. And so what I've done is compiled a list of books that I personally have read and have been getting, I don't know, I've gotten profound impact from them in effect. And so not every book I've ever read is on here. And you'll notice uh, you might recognize one or two here, maybe right there at the top, just saying, an amazing book I just powered through and there's book after book. So this is a resource for you so that if you're looking for the next great read that will potentially have a great impact on your life, I assembled this list just for you. And that is there for you, a quick way to get you there. That's it, enough of my babbling. We are gonna bring on the man of the hour. Here we go. It's time for the guest expert spotlight. Savvy, skillful, professional, adept, trained, big league, qualified. And there he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Les Brown. My goodness, thank you so very much for coming on tonight, Les. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great, and so are you. It's always a treat when great people meet. Let the record show. Oh. 
already love you, my brother. I love you. So I met you seven years ago. I do not expect you to remember this. Eight years ago, probably. And it was in a hotel lobby in Los Angeles. You had spoken at an event. And you didn't know me from Adam. But all I remember is you are the one of the warmest, kindest individuals I met of your stature, for sure, bar none. And that, that resonated with me. And it stuck with me from that day till now. And I can't thank you enough for being such a beautiful human being that you are. Well, thank you for the beautiful be human being that you are and for the work that you're doing, transforming people's lives, having a program that creating an experience that allowed people to see themselves differently and live their greatest life. So thank you for your contribution. Well, and you know, I couldn't have learned it from any better person than you, my friend. You are amazing. Um, I'm going to formally introduce you and then we're going to rock and roll and have some fun. Does that sound good? That sounds great for me. So what would you want me to do? Are you going to ask me some questions or? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, great. yes Let's go. We're going to talk about your book. We're going to talk about your journey uh, so that others can learn what it's like to go from where you went to where you are and just enjoy the ride and take. Oh, I hope please people take very voracious notes. And, uh, you know, the shortest pencil is stronger than the, the longest memory. So go ahead and take notes. <laughs> I haven't heard that a long time. I love that <laughs> quote. Yes. So as one of the world's most renowned motivational speakers, Les Brown is a dynamic personality and highly sought after resource in business and professional circles for Fortune 500 CEOs, small business owners, nonprofit and community leaders from all sectors of society looking to expand opportunity for three decades. He has not only studied the science of achievement, he's mastered it by interviewing hundreds of successful business leaders and collaborating with them in the boardroom, translating theory into bottom line results for his clients. I love that last word, results. Now, formally, officially, welcome, Les. I am beyond excited for the people that are here to watch, right? They're going to see your brilliance. What I wanted to find out real quick, right off the top, and this is what I do with all my guests, and the accolades and the things that come with the bio and all the things that have been accomplished, they are great. They are fantastic, phenomenal. What I like to do is find out what is going on in that big, beautiful brain of yours that got you there. Because in my humble opinion, mindset is the foundation of our success or lack thereof. So for you, you're still powering through. You've been doing this for decades, and you have this incredible motivation for you when you get up in the morning what is that one thing or several things that keeps you going day after day, night after night, week after week, month after month? Well, first of all, I want to just thank you so much and for the stand that you've taken with your life. And I thank you so much for allowing me to be able to share your audience with you. When I get up in the morning, I have a spirit of gratitude. I'm very thankful. And I write down seven things that I'm grateful for. I do that every day and then i recite a scripture all all things work together for good for those who love god and for those who are called according to his purpose and then i have an affirmation that i repeat to myself lord whatever i face today together you and i can handle it <laughs> wow that's powerful you know to say you and i that yeah. is you know it's a team no one loves us more than our Heavenly Father. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. And one thing that's and I've, I've noticed, I've interviewed um, hundreds of people. And one thing I've noticed 
that most great percent, every single one of them have a routine in the morning. And yeah. so what I like to tell folks is Les said, write everything down as I just did. And if you don't have a routine yet, you can start with something like what Les is doing. It doesn't have to be identical. If it doesn't work, alter it, but get a routine down and that instills discipline. And discipline is a key factor. I'm not the one that should be talking right here. So I wanted to say congratulations on the release of your latest amazing book. You've got to be hungry. And uh, I understand you started writing this quite some time ago, like around 90, 1997 or so. It is. It's been 21 years, really, in the coming. And I've been speaking for 51 years, over five decades rather than three decades. They need to upgrade <laughs> that bio that they gave you there. And the book has been in me for a long time, and I decided I was going to rob the cemetery of that book. I tell people, live full and die empty, that most people take their talents, abilities, their skills, and their knowledge to the cemetery, mm -hmm. and you've got to be hungry. The greatness within to win is my journey of the things that I've experienced, things that I've gone through, things I've seen, and how people can learn how to handle the challenges of life, because there will always be challenges. You know, Forrest Gump said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> and we are experiencing that right now. Our lives have been turned upside down. And so people reading this will tap into their greatness to negotiate these very distracting, turbulent times where a lot of people are filled with fear and hopelessness and a sense of powerlessness and sharing with them, in order to get through this, you can't be casual. You got to be hungry <laughs> to get through this stuff up in here, up in here. You could say that all day long, every day. I've, I've heard it many times. You've got to be hungry. I love that so much. <laughs> and it's so true. And I loved how you defined it so incredibly well and in so many ways in the book. I mean, it left no doubt what you mean by what does it mean to be hungry. And I so implore our folks, this is not a show just to sell a book. It is a show to get you the information you need to take your life to the next step. It would be a disservice if I did not tell you about this book. And we will give you the information on how to get a copy here a little bit later in the show. Uh, there was one story in there, one chapter that I got to tell you, Les, I was crying with laughter. And that was the Leslie X and the Magic Leaves. Yes. <laughs> I saw Malcolm X. I was in about the fifth grade. And I was so impressed with his communication skills. I decided because in the nation of Islam, you change your last name, that I was going to become Leslie X. And when I went to school the next day, they call your name. You're supposed to be present. I did not answer. And the teacher said, I know you are here. And she looked and she saw me, Leslie Brown. And I still didn't answer to all the students around me saying, she's calling your name. I said, that's not my name. And so she came and stood in front of me, Leslie Brown. I said, my name is Leslie X. She said, does your mother know this? I said, I don't know. She said, I'm going to call your mother right now. So she called my mother, and I started home, I'll never forget, after school. And an older guy who I played checkers with, he wanted me to stay longer to play with him. He said, I brought some magic leaves that you put in your pocket, 
and you'll never get a whooping again. I said, really? He said, yes. So I was walking with an attitude and my sister saw me and she approached me. She said, Leslie, please change your name back to Leslie Brock because Baba's going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I got home, she said, Leslie, come on in here. And I walked in with an attitude and she lit into me. And I said, Mama, the leaves, the leaves. And Mama was at one time, she was married to a judo instructor. And she flipped me and she, <laughs> the leaves went everywhere. So the next day when they called my name, Leslie Brown, I said, present. <laughs> <laughs> I was only Leslie X for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I, I was literally crying. I was laughing so hard. I, I was crying. That was such a funny story. And then you followed it up the very next chapter. I'm not going to give away the whole book. This is it. This is all I get. The very next chapter where it was another tearjerker, but in the other side of the emotion. And that was when your birth mom gave both you and your twin brother up to your mom. Yes. I just started bawling again. I'm like, my God, he's got me crying out of joy. And now I'm crying out of sadness and happiness because of, you know, the transition. You know, the birth mom, I can imagine what she was going through. And then your mom, she's in elation and excited because that's that was her lifelong dream. So, wow, man, that was powerful, powerful. Thank you. You know, there are people who are making a decision to share their lives with someone. A reporter asked my mother one time, why did you want to take in kids as foster kids and then adopt them? And she said, I've always wanted to share my life with some children because she couldn't have children herself. And she was an incredible woman. I always say she covered the ground she stood on. I feel like Abraham Lincoln, who said, all that I am and all that I ever hoped to be, I owe to my mother, that God took me out of my biological mother's womb and placed me in the heart of my adopted mother. That's so beautiful. I mean, you know, you're the master at taking those times that could be looked upon by other people as sad times or down times, and, and maybe for a moment, but you have a unique way of turning it around into a positive. And you don't just teach it and preach it, you do it. And uh, it's such an inspiration. That's why you've impacted millions of lives worldwide. I was curious. So the book is incredible and it took a long time to complete. What inspired you to finish it now? I was out to dinner with a friend and the food was so good and it reminded me of my very best friend. We called him Boo and he was a great cook. He said that he was going to write a book with his secret recipe. And when I was leaving the cemetery, a lady approached me. She said, listen, did your friend write the book, his recipe book? I said, no. She said, oh, my God. He took that with him. And she turned and she walked away with a painful look of disappointment on her face. And I decided I'm going to get this book out of me. I am not going to take this book to the grave with me. They said the wealthiest place on the planet is the cemetery, because there you find all kind of gifts, abilities, and skills, and talents that the world never had a chance to be exposed to. One port wrote that many a flower has bloomed unceasingly and wasted sweetness upon the cold desert air that are many talented and gifted persons have gone unnoticed and the world never had a chance to be exposed to their genius. Mm, that, that hits home because I spent many years in the corporate world and I walked around the living dead is what I would call it because they had no life. 
They just went to punch the clock, get their paycheck and go home. And I look at them and think, I know you have so much more in you. And it saddened me, literally, because they're not living anywhere close to their full potential, but they don't know. know? It's my duty. It's my responsibility to do as much as I can to get the word out that, look, there is another world out there, a world that you can thrive in, that you can enjoy and you can look forward to getting up every day and not the drudgery of going into work. And uh, it's just sad to me. So the book took a while. What would you say was the most difficult part of the book to write? I would say the most difficult part for me was the experience that I talk about that we're three-dimensional. We have a public life, we have a private life, and we have a secret life. And I talked about my experience with opiates that when I was dealing with, I'm here in Atlanta with Cancer Centers of America. I've been for over... 27 years now, fourth stage cancer. My PSA was at 2,400. It's down below one and, and as a newborn baby. and But they say the cancer, I watch it, the little C has metastasized to seven different areas of the body. And I got excited when Dr. Taha told me that. He said, why are you excited? Why are you smiling? I said, man, seven is my lucky number. I'm one of seven children. I was born February the 17th. Joshua marched around the walls of Jericho seven times. Naaman dipped himself in River Jordan seven times. He looked at his secretary and his assistant said, he's a strange one. (laughs) And so they had me on a lot of opiates and I became addicted and I was not aware. But my kids, they were watching me and they were aware and they did an intervention and I'll never forget, I, to this day, I don't know how I got into University Hospital, but they say I was there for nine days unconscious. And when my son picked me up and took me to my youngest daughter's house, and I saw all these cars, I said, what are these cars doing here? They said, don't worry, you'll find out when you get in. So when I came in, I saw two people that I did not recognize. My children were there. And my mentor, Mike Williams, who wrote the book, The Road to Your Best Stuff. And I, I'm the intervention king. I said, this is an intervention. I said, who's it for? I'm all excited to help out. They said, for you. I said, for me? They said, yes. I said, what do you mean? And they had my youngest hook on opiates. I said, excuse me? You're taking 25 pills three times a day for cancer and for sadica pain. You're not the person that we know you to be. And we got somebody here to help you. And I went around to each one of them. I said, I taught you not to do drugs, not to smoke and not to drink. Have you ever seen me do drugs? Yes, but those are prescription drugs. They said, dad, the two types of drug addicts, those who get prescription drugs and those who seek drugs. Yours were prescribed to you. You need help. And I said, I do not. And then my daughter, she used my own words. She said, you taught us you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. Please get some help. And I asked my mentor, I said, do you think that I'm addicted to drugs? He said, I'm with the family. And man, I tell you, I was just broken at that point. And the couple that they were ready 
to leave and they said, we'll come and get you in the morning. I said, no, 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 take me tonight. You come back in the morning, I will not be here. And so they took me that night and drove me three and a half hours away to this drug program. Most humiliating moment in my life. Had to take all my clothes off when I wanted to leave. And I was asking myself, how did I get here? I've helped so many people get off drugs. And now here I am in a drug program. People doing double takes when they saw me. Is that Barry White or that Les Brown? You know, <laughs> so I called my son and said, they can help me. I have to do this myself. And they were just furious because they paid in advance. And I did. I went through a living hell, but it took me a minute. But I did it cold turkey. They said that I could not do it. Wow. Psychologists and psychiatrists, they said, there's no way, not at 75, you will not be able to do this. But I did it. But I wouldn't encourage anybody to do what I did. I was a living hell. I had illusions. I said, one day, I thought I saw a giraffe running through the living room. I said, what are y'all doing here with a giraffe in the living room? They said, what are you talking about? Wow. <laughs> oh, man, it was a trip, right? Oh, my God. Yes, it was. You've been through a lot. You've had a lot of life experience. And the cool thing is you've overcome it all. And that's why you're such an inspiration. One of many reasons, because people can look at you and read your story and understand what you've been through and realize no matter how bad it is for them, they can still do the same thing. We can all overcome. And that's what one of the biggest messages I got reading your book and following you. You're always lifting people up. It feels like you're talking to me when you're on stage in front of hundreds and thousands of people. I just, it really hits home and resonates and it's powerful. And um, I was curious about that. Like when you started out, I was looking at a lot of old footage and reading and seeing that, you know, everyone comes from a spot where they weren't less brown yet. And you're out there trying to get your message out to the masses. So what was the hardest part about finally breaking through and getting to that point where, okay, finally, I'm getting the message out and people are receiving me and I can grow this? You know, the, the hardest part was not getting out there and being recognized. The hardest part was to believe that I could do it. Given my circumstances, born in an abandoned building on a floor with a twin brother, taken in as a foster kid, and I was being adopted. And when I was in the fifth grade, I was labeled educable, mentally retarded, and put back from the fifth grade to the fourth grade, and failing again in the eighth grade. And so that experience of psychic disrepair, and considering my age, I'm 75, in an, a culture that's designed to hold you down and destroy your sense of self, all of those things combined, that was the most challenging part, to believe that I, Les Brown, I could get through this, I can overcome this, and be able to be recognized as a voice of change, give people hope and teach people how to do something I've never done. That was the most challenging part, to believe that I could do it. You know, isn't that it, right? That's the biggest challenge for everyone. It's themselves. Yes. There's an African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My goodness. Okay, there are many, many entrepreneurs that are trying to get to that 
moment, that moment where I think I finally hit that peak I've been looking for. I hit that moment where now I can start momentum, where you go, I got it. Finally, I broke through. What was that moment for you? I would say when I, I spoke in the Georgia Dome, when I spoke there, people can go online and they can see it. Les Brown speaking in the Georgia Dome before 80,000 people. First, I thought it was about five to 600 people when I went there. I'd never been to the Georgia Dome before. And when I was walking down the hall, a guy came to me and he said, what is it like to speak to 80,000 people? They're filled to capacity. I said, I don't know. I'm just speaking in the banquet room. He said, come over here a minute. And he showed me the audience. And I said, oh, my God. And I took off and I ran to the restroom. <laughs> I said, I'll be back. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to the restroom. I said, but it's number one. <laughs> I could not think. My heart was about to jump out of my chest. And so. They said, go get his mentor, Mike Williams. And Mike came and he said, Brownie, come out. They're waiting. They're stalling. They're waiting for you. I said, Mike, did you see that audience? They say there are 80,000 people out there. I've never spoken to any audience that large before. And he said, are you listening to me now? And I said, yes. He said, they came to see you. You didn't come to see them. <laughs> He said, you can do this. And one of the things I, I teach people that sometimes you have to believe in somebody's belief in you until your belief kicks in. Mm. And I said, Mike, do you think I could do this? And he said, yes. He said, come out and make your mother proud. I said, Mike, don't use my mama on me, please. He said, come out. And I said, okay. So we started walking toward the stage and I grabbed their hands. I said, well, will y'all pray for me first? <laughs> so they, they circled me to pray for me. I kneeled down and grabbed everybody's hand and put it on my head. <laughs> and after they finished, he said to me, Brownie, you got this. And all I remember when they gave me the microphone, I don't remember giving this speech. I watch it with others like a, seeing it for the first time. I've only seen it three times, but I don't remember giving it. I don't remember the audience, the lights, or any of that. I just went to another place. And I think all of us have experiences in our lives, which athletes call it when you're in the zone, that yeah. you go to another place within yourself and you're just not conscious of self, but you know what you need to do. And now you're moving through that experience from your heart. I can so relate with that part about in the zone as an athlete when I was younger. There's nothing else like it, is there? It's like an amazing moment, however long it lasts. And you wish you could bottle it and open that jar and drink it every time you needed it. But yes. it doesn't seem to work that way. But uh, no. it's wonderful when it does happen. We have a lot of people coming on and showing their love. Jeff Fagan, my good friend. Les Brown is truly an amazing human being. I echo that. Prince Io, oh, this guy is an amazing young man. Yes, thank you, Les, for coming on. I'm just so excited about this. Roger Burnley, Les Brown has inspired my work. Look at all the people you have impacted. Christopher Rausch, he was in your program, a four-day program. He says, hello from your bandana brother. Yes. And then uh, Zachary Babcock, incredible podcaster, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, just goes on and on and on. Les is amazing, yes. Oh, my God, I love Les Brown. Thanks for this interview. And thank you all for coming on. And 
you know, if you have questions or, or you'd like to, uh, yeah, if you'd like to ask less anything, go ahead and shoot them in the comments. If, if it fits, I'll put it up there. Going to be respectful, of course. But definitely, let's reach out and uh, ask them some questions. I got plenty, so don't worry. <laughs> so that is phenomenal. I can only imagine I've had that desire to open up and speak in front of a massive audience like you just did. I mean, I pictured it and yeah. went crazy with it, you know, and had came down in a helicopter and landed on the stage and just got out. You know, it's just one of those, if you don't visualize it, it won't happen, in my opinion. Yeah, James and, Brown, when he was alive, they called him the hottest working man in show business. He would have them drop him off in a helicopter and he would come off the helicopter and start dancing toward the stage. He, it was very, very exciting with his cape and everything. I really enjoyed that. 80,000 people, it's very intimidating if you focus on that. But what all I was focused on, that I've got to command this audience and I will take no prisoners and eat the wounded. <laughs> I was given some great advice by a mentor of mine for speaking. I was having a difficult time getting through a certain segment we were practicing and he was coaching me and he just told me, Hey, think of one of your really close friends and visualize them being right in front of you and just talk to him. And wow, that was it. A lot of people use that technique. Yes. Yeah. That's a very good technique. Absolutely. It was like night and day. So, and it's just my go-to and it, I didn't normally freeze up, but for some reason here in re like rehearsal, I was freezing up and not on stage, but. You never know when it's going to hit and just having the tools. And I know that you are a master speaker trainer and coach. And I think you have a program going on here. Protégé might be a keyword that's uh, being thrown about. Looking yes. to 25 people or so to train and uh, call the next big speakers. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I have one It's called, it's for the masses. It's called the Les Brown Prodigy Program. And they can go to lesbrownprodigy.com. And the other one is called the Power of Voice System. And I decided, you know, we learn, we earn, we pass it on. And so what I do now is teach people how to take their story. I extract their story. I spend time with them. This is one-on-one -on -one for my high-end clients. And take their story, how people live their lives as a result of the story they believe about themselves. And I teach them how to create an experience with their story to distract the audience individually and collectively from their current story they believe about themselves. And through the execution of their story and the things they learn from the experiences they had in life, they dismantle the audience's belief system and then ignite them, touch their spirit and unleash what Elizabeth Browning would call the imprisoned splendor, distract, dispute, and inspire. I love doing that with people. And it's, it's great when they stand before an audience and can command that audience and do it with authority. I enjoy seeing that. I think I'm a better coach than I am a speaker. All right. I don't think anyone in here is going to ever believe that one, but we'll let you, let you <laughs> stay Thank you for that. <laughs> and that is true, though. There's more power in the stories, the metaphors, than the actual content, because the metaphors help people to absorb the content. You know, if, if they're uh, relatable to the content, and you're a master at it. The book is, I didn't want to put it down. I couldn't put it down. I just kept reading, because it, the stories are so powerful, and they're so poignant to the point you're making at that moment. People need to know when they're going through some stuff 
they need to have an experience. When I came into the industry, one of the things that's very important, as you know, for entrepreneurs, how do you make yourself stand out? And when I came into the industry, the industry is based upon the Dale Carnegie course, which is a great course. They teach, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. My mentor, Mike Williams, taught me, Brownie, never let what you want to say get in the way of what your audience wants to hear. Mm. So conduct communications intelligence and create an experience. Oliver Wendell Holmes said that once a man or woman's mind has been expanded with an idea, concept, or story, it can never be satisfied to going back to where it was. And so that's what I did. I came with a story, and a story has a human face, and it's a, emotions attached to it, and it touches the heart. And now you have a chance to create bonding and connectedness with that audience, as opposed to trying to remember something that you've memorized and you do everywhere. No, I believe in custom designing the presentation for that particular audience according to what they're facing and what they're up against and mm -hmm. the unspoken conversation of why they brought you in. Love that, love that. So make it pertinent to the audience you're about to speak in front of. And yeah, I totally resonate with that. I've uh, spoken in front of entrepreneurs, real estate developers, and you just massage your message to best deliver to them, to give them the value that they came for, that they deserve. I mean, they spend mm -hmm. their time, their money, you know, they've invested in being there. And so it's a privilege and an honor to be able to give them value that hopefully they can take away and then go and crush it <laughs> after they've listened to you. Uh, you've spoken all over the world, many places. One thing I'm really, really curious about is I'm sure there have been just a few moments after you've spoken, you've gotten off stage, maybe you're in the lobby or you're out accessible to the public. What would you say is one of the most common feedback or remarks that you get after having been on stage at a seminar or an event? People usually say to me, you stirred something in me. I'm hungry to live my dream <laughs> because I talk about the fact that if you are serious about your goals and your dreams, you got to be hungry. You cannot make it happen by being casual. You've got to go all out. People that are hungry are willing to do the things today others won't do. In order to have the things tomorrow, others won't have. People that are hungry believe always strive to get on top in life because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Ooh, I love that. Yes. Quote, man, you are amazing. I love your message. This is amazing. And you can see on the screen for those of you watching yeah. live, a few mm -hmm. images of this amazing book that You've got to pick up. You've got to be hungry. I mean, come on. It's been over 21 years in the making, and it's gold. It's sheer gold. I am, this is, I'm holding on this to this forever. Next time I see you, when things are opened up, I remember you said in seven years, then uh, I'll get an autograph from you. Yes, I'll be out in 2027. <laughs> <laughs> how did you do that? I got to do that. I love how you produce your show. You are a master. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, I noticed you we use the same platform, so... Any help you want or need, I'm there for you. That's that's what we do, right? That's what entrepreneurs do. We help each other out. And yeah. uh, anytime you need something, you have my number now. So yes. that's good. And yeah, like I'm a big deal. You're the man. Yes, You're you are man. because you are the voice of motivation. I love that voice of yours. Oh, thank you. Man, you're going to get me all gushy over here. Uh, <laughs> you have had many achievements in your life. You've done so many things. My goodness, you've spoken from stage. 
Uh, you were in the legislature. You, you were married to a superstar. Uh, you had your own television show. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. What achievement of yours, looking back now, means the absolute most to you? My kids got together after I'd been on a trip with three of them because they speak in our authors as well. And they said, there's something we want to say. And I said, what is it? And they said, we did not understand the special occasions that you miss in pursuit of your dream. We did not handle well many times when we were having dinner or lunch and people interrupted us. We were angry with you and angry with them. And we want you to know that now we understand and that we love you. Mm. I broke down like a little kid Ugh. and started crying. That's my greatest accomplishment. Mm. Just about got me doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's so easy. Uh, I went the, to an extreme in my personal life, and I ended up working way too long. I held a corporate job, and then I come home and pursued my entrepreneur desires. And uh, I worked 12, 14 hours a day, commuted three hours a day. It was ridiculous. And I did the same thing. I'd be up working while they're eating dinner and to a fault. And luckily, my wife had a chat with me, and she righted the ship. She woke me up. I said, you're right. I got to stop this. And I got I to tone it down a little bit. I never stopped. But yes. But yeah. I, well, if I had my life to live over again, I would build my family life around my business, not my business around my family. Yeah. I love that. I hope people are writing this down. We should see some comments. There's a lot of amazing quotes that come out of this, man. And they're gold, every one of them. And for those of you that want to see them in writing, many of them are in here. And I have a highlighter. It's about out of ink. I got to go find another highlighter because I'm just, I think the entire book is turning yellow. Uh, <laughs> sentence. Just, man, it's like, I want to read and keep reading. Now I gotta, er, I'm going to stop and highlight like, no, but I want to read more. I'm just excited like a little schoolboy. My goodness. So that was your greatest accomplishment. Now the important question is, what achievement would you most like to accomplish next? That's a very good question. And that is to get a six pack like you. <laughs> I got a one pack now. That's covering up five packs. I want a six pack so badly, but you know, I'm keeping my social distance from the refrigerator. <laughs> okay, but sometimes I lose consciousness and I find myself walking in the middle of the night, munching on Oreo cookies. I love them and sweet potato pie. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's it, but I'm determined to do it. I'm hungry to get that six pack and I'm going to get it this year before the year's out. I'm going to flash you with it. And I'm serious. I love it. Yeah. What, so when are we pushing for? What date? December the 1st, I have a six pack. Of 2020? 2020, yes. <laughs> That's how remarkable is that to say, I've got to be hungry. To get a six pack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> oh my goodness. The people are, yes. Hunger gives you constant perseverance. Yes, Mr. Biz. I love this guy. Uh, storytelling is so important to the human condition, but so hard to do well. Oh, yes. It is a it is an art form, Deborah Warner. You're right. Get some coaching. Get, trust me, yeah. on all of us are born the same way. Dumb, naked, and speechless. You could <laughs> learn. I can teach you how to tell that story and have an audience on the edge of their seats. We can all do it. 
Boy, if there's anybody on the planet you would want to learn from, it is Les Brown. He is the master communicator. The book is in my Amazon cart now, Wanda Reynolds. Yes, everyone grab the book. <laughs> we, have, we have an offer to help. I can help you with that six-pack, Les Brown. Oh, great. Yeah. Hook a brother up, Lisa. <laughs> yes, and one more, Carol Baines. Oh, hi, Carol. How are you doing? I know her personally. Thanks, Les. It's exactly what I am doing at 75, family first with business built around getting your book. Yes. Good, good, good. So glad. Yeah, and uh, this book is going to change even more lives for those that don't have the luxury of seeing you on stage. Yes. Look, everyone, Les Brown is live on Facebook quite often. So go to his Facebook page, look him up. He can't miss him. And then find one of his lives and say, notify me the next time he goes live. That's what I've done. I was watching him just before this show. You know, he was in that beautiful vest and gorgeous red tie and black shirt then. And I would have to change myself because I get worked up. I get excited. <laughs> I'm in here working out as we're uh, on the show. But I wanted to ask you another uh, question. Like, you've done a lot of interviews, right? Just a few, I'm sure. So other than this one, which one would you say thus far has been your favorite? First of all, let me talk about you. I like it that... You are a student of this business. There are people who are messengers, and all they have is a message that they've memorized. But I also teach who you are behind the words are far more important than the words that you speak. And I can tell that you are a perpetual student. And, and we're living in a time where you have to do that. You have to either, as Robert Shula said, you either expand or you are expendable. And I like to interviews with people that are knowledgeable that will challenge me and throw some things and questions at me that I would not expect. You're insightful and you're intuitive and you tap into people. I've watched some of the things that you've done. I never let anybody interview me without studying them first. So I want you to know I'm prepared for a brother up in here, up in here. I even grew my box hairstyle, okay? <laughs> There's a movie called House Party, Kid and Play, and I'm Kid. <laughs> I enjoy uh, talking with you, but I also, there's another person that I enjoy talking with, and that is Lewis Howe. Oh, yes. Lewis is very good. I've been on his program, and Tom on Impact Theory. Have you seen that show? Not. Oh, man, you got to see Tom on Impact Theory. He's a bad dude. Yes. He's online. Yes, indeed. Lewis Howe is on my targeted list to uh, interview as well. I love that guy. I love his story. Mm -hmm. You know, the horrible injury early in his football career. And he turned it around and, and talk about a student and someone who just, that's the thing about athletes I found. You know, they seem to have more perseverance, more drive, more discipline, typically. And they're also more apt to be team players, meaning better leaders, or I shouldn't say better, more adaptable and ready to be a leader, I would say, because there are many people that haven't gone through sports that are incredible leaders. So I don't yeah. mean to leave anyone out. It's just athletes have a different mentality. Those that are, you know, they're competitive, right? And most entrepreneurs, you got to be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not. So yeah, he's an amazing guy. So I'm glad you brought him up. That's definitely, he's on my, my list. He's on my radar. I'm aiming at him to uh, bring him on the show at some point. And, uh, Amazing, amazing guy. Let's talk more about your book. There is a website. Do you mind if I share your website with the world and tell them where they can get this? 
I am hungry less brown.com. Yes. I there am it is, ladies and gentlemen. Lesbrown.com. Yeah. That's right. And you can't miss it because he and his lovely daughter will be there talking to you the moment you get there. Yes. Phenomenal. <laughs> yes. And so all you have to do is click this button. It's so super simple. So go to I am hungry less brown.com. And my goodness, look, a book. It doesn't cost that much. In fact, Kindle, it's next to nothing. But I would, you know, this is worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, because of the life experiences packed in here. 75 years, this thing took over 21 years to write, and it was written on purpose. And it's, it's phenomenal. And no, Les didn't pay me a dime to, to sell his book. He doesn't need to sell his book to make, you know, you don't make a whole lot of money on books unless you're Les Brown, maybe. But that is not the point. The point is to get the value to change your life. This way you can learn about Les, get to know him. I feel like I, know, I knew you personally before we got on because I read the book. It's just, uh, it's powerful. I haven't read anything that's like super motivational in quite some time. And I was like, man, you know what? It was time. You know, isn't that inter interesting how things just appear when it's the right time? You are absolutely right. Because what it takes is speak for the ear and write for the eye are two different dynamics. Yes. It's very, very different. And I learned my lesson about that. It, it was a humbling experience, but I wanted it to be in my voice so that people would feel that I was right there with them, creating an experience that will take them to a place within themselves that they could not go by themselves. Mm. I'm just going to revel in this. I have nothing else to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's just jam after jam, golden nugget after golden nugget. Uh, we're getting close to the hour of our time, which amazes me. And I, I think we should just extend it another one or two, if you're okay with that. I'm it's just fine. Kidding. I would love. No, but I enjoy talking with you. Oh, my goodness. I'm having the most fun right now. I love what I get to do. I just love it. And it comes through as well. Mm, thank you. It means everything. What I like to do, uh, Les, with each and every entrepreneur that I've had on this show uh, before we call it an evening, is what I'd like to do is ask one closing question. And I've asked the same question of every past guest expert that has been on my show. And it's kind of a personal question without getting personal, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really cool. What I wanted to do is, if, if it's okay with you, is I wanted to give away a prize to these wonderful people that are watching and listening right now. I've got a sponsor and they, they give away this fantastic vacation stay. Um, so real quick, before I ask this great final question, I'm going to break off just a second and let people know how they can enter. With your permission, Les, would that be all right? Oh, well, absolutely. Thank you so much, sir. For those of you watching live, this is for those of you watching live, you can see on the upper corner, the right-hand corner of your screen as you're watching, if you're watching this, if you're listening on podcast, you won't be able to see it, but you will be able to revel in the mastery of Les Brown. What you can do at this moment is take out your phone. You now have our permission to take your gaze away from Les for just a moment. Take out your cell phone, and you see it on the screen now. So get your messaging app, app open, and then where you would put in the name of the person you're going to text to, instead put in the number 661-535-1624, and then in the message, type the word PEAK, P-E-A-K, and what that will do is enter you into a randomly drawn contest to win a five-night stay at a five-star luxury resort. And yes, I do believe very soon, I hope, 
I'm not going to let go of this hope that you will be able to do that very soon after this lockdown is lifted. So once again, 661-535-1624. Text the word PEAK, P-E-A-K. And this is compliments of our good, dear friends, Jason Nast and the Big Insider Secrets. They are the reasons we can do this. And we do this each and every show. I hope you win. So enter now because we are coming back. And you should come back too right now because we have the big question. It's coming up. So here's the thing. And Les, you're a pro. There's no uh, trepidation going on. Build up a little bit. But here's the thing with this question. There is no such thing as a wrong answer. It doesn't exist. It's impossible. In fact, the exact opposite is true. The only correct answer is yours. That's why it's personal for no other reason. It's a powerful question. It's quick. Some people take some time to ponder. Others have it instantly. It doesn't matter. Whatever the answer is and however long it takes, it's right for you. And so are you ready? Yes, I am. Of course you are. Yes. All right, here we go. Les Brown, how do you define success? To me, success is living a life of service, living a life that will outlive you. Harzman said we should be ashamed to die until we've made some major contribution to humankind. When I go, I want people to say he aspired to inspire until he expired. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, my God. I love this. Can I take you home and keep you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Aspire to inspire until I expire. That is more gold. Les, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for you to spend a full hour with me and for everyone. It's not for me. It's for the audience who have been loving this. There are so many comments that are flying through. I can't get to them all. Appreciate you all for doing that. Uh, I wanted the focus to be on this man right here because he's a great man and he's impacted so many people across the globe. And you know what? He's here to tell you, you can do the same. And he's not just telling you, he will show you if you want to connect with them. And so let's get back to that. Is there a way people can reach out to you to, to get involved with you less and be part of your brilliance and your training? to help them get to that next step. Yeah, my one-on-one coaching, they can reach me at lesbrown77 at gmail.com. You heard those sevens, right? Yes. lesbrown77 <laughs> at gmail.com. Seven is my lucky number. And we will share with them about our one-on-one coaching and how we can bring out their power voice. And, you know, if there's anybody, again, if there's anybody that could do it as good as you, I don't think there is. I mean, Ladies and gentlemen, you have an opportunity of a lifetime here. So reach out to them. I'm going to put this in the comment in the, the feed so that everyone can see that. I hope that was okay. I just did it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Les, I appreciate you. I love you. You're my brother. And uh, I can't wait to cross paths with you again physically to give you a big old bear hug and to feel that wonderful six-pack that you're going to be sporting in December. Thank you so very much. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm going in the room now and do some setups and leg raises. <laughs> All right. That does it for this edition of the Mind Body Business Show. On behalf of the absolutely tremendously amazing Les Brown, I'm your host, Brian Kelly. We will see you again next week. Until then, blessings to all, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Body Business Show podcast at www.themindbodybusinessshow.com.
Ian Kelly.